Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. If you desire to intimately connect with yourself, your significant other, children, family, friends, community, and your higher power, this show is for you. Thus, we explore intimate topics, inspiring life stories, spirituality, and insightful tips on strengthening relationships. This show is hosted by Dr. April and her co-host, Dr. Kelly. Now let's get this episode of the Bringing Intimacy Back Show started because we share with you the secret power to intimacy to create a life you love or love the life you create. Now here's your host, Dr. April and co-host, Dr. Kelly. Welcome to the Bringing Intimacy Back Show, where intimacy is real. Welcome back, Dr. Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing much better this week. I was struck with the COVID. And let me tell you, it is a real thing. And today is the best day that I have felt in a long time. Thank you for sending me fruits and vegetables. Oh, yes. And you know, I was praying and praying for you and hoping you feeling better. So I'm glad that that you do. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's great to see you. Yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you're like, yeah, I'm eating vegetables. But then you're like, oh, my gosh, I got all these vegetables. I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of the, you know, the pepper on the on the pizza, I suppose. But <laughs> I came and I had all I'm mean, we're talking like, oh, fruits, vegetables. I felt rich. And I know today we're talking about finances. So I'm really looking forward to this as a single woman who is in control of my finances and needs to be in control of my future. I'm just and providentially, too, I, I read a little bit about our guest and um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she has to say about finances and helping prepare for that future. Yes, yes, definitely. Before we bring her on, um, in the sense of Dr. Kelly and I and bringing intimacy back, we are also doing what we call Patreon. So if you're really out there and you really like our show, please subscribe to Patreon. Um, it's Patreon slash BIB podcast. It's just $5 a month. You're going to get some background stories, some intimacy tips, some extra videos, um, just to help boost um, the show because we really do trying to provide excellent and quality experts in the fields of intimacy and all the fields. And like and Dr. For, Kelly. Yes. And for, for $5, really, I mean, for all of the post-show tips, because we talk about uh, the show even post and we're like, wow, what? And we delve a little deeper and you have two doctors that go delve deeper and then offer advice to you. And uh, I don't know, that's for, for everything. So I think it's pretty good. I'm glad that we're keeping it really affordable so that many people can um, have access to this. Yes, definitely. Because that's, um, we want people to not overextend their budgets, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yes, yes. And so I want to g- gladly introduce a very important person that's been in my life personally, professionally. Um, I've known her ever since we were young college students. <laughs> and her name is Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you so much, Dr. April and Dr. Kelly. And I'm so sorry to hear that you've been battling COVID, but I am so glad that you are here today. So um, you know, I'm glad that you're healing and on the mend, and I still want you to take it a little bit easy, okay? I have orange juice in my cup, so <laughs> okay, I'm good. Sit back yeah. and enjoy this show, and uh, I'll All probably right. have some ple- uh, some questions along the way. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sounds good. I'm so excited just, to be here. Yes, just to give you guys a little bit of background of Michelle. Michelle has been in the business for 30 years of banking experience. Okay, less than 30. I mean. 
Uh, we're, yeah, and I said I knew her, so <laughs> we're younger than that. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes. One of her main things is she helps people get into homes, especially our first-time buyers. And this is kind of like we all have ministries. This is her ministry. She has a nonprofit ministry in Florida. And she has spent 25 years in the career of banking and working from mortgage things, from home bank mortgage, countrywide home loans, um, B&BT, just a variety of different things, which is wonderful. And she also has a very spiritual background. And she does a lot also, not only with that, but you know, Michelle is also a community person. So she's out there in the community, which she lives down in Broward and working for Broward Housing Tax Force, Miami-Dade Economic Advisory, the Globe Economic Development, um, the Housing Foundation, um, a variety of different things. And she's also a member of our wonderful sorority, Delta Sigma Theta, which is a public service sorority. So she has a passion of helping homeowners. And she not only works with the homeowners, but also, you know, when we talk about financial intimacy, we're talking about two people coming together, trying to decide, can I buy a home? Can I afford it? Michelle helps with all that, helps them with budgeting. You know what I'm saying? And having okay. that spiritual blessing and stuff. She's married yeah. and she's with three children and lives in Sunrise, Florida. So I welcome. Do. Thank you so yes. much, Dr. Eggful. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Um, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do all of that. <laughs> when do I have time? But yes, that, that is um, that is the history. And I, I, when I tell people I've been in banking for 30 years, they're like, how? I'm thinking, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm just, I just turned like 30, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yes, yes. But, um, yes, I do have that experience. And um, and this, this is a calling for me to be able to help people to move from, um, from poverty to prosperity, that's the, that's the key in um, what I do every day, whether it be home ownership or budgeting. I do one-on-one -on -one budgeting for families and couples. You'd be surprised how many couples, you know, they say one of the number one reasons for divorce is um, lack of finances. So um, we could definitely talk about that today. I'm here for whatever questions you have, and let's see how we can bring some intimacy back, intimacy back especially as it relates to your finances. Oh, awesome. Um, we also do sometimes highlight nonprofit and you have what, the King's Daughter? Yes, the King's Daughter is my nonprofit. Yes, can you talk to us about that? Sure, we, get so yeah. we talk um, with the King's Daughter, I do financial literacy workshops, um, a lot of times in partnership with other nonprofits. Um, we talk about credit repair. We talk about um, creating spending plans. Um, I do financial literacy workshops as it relates to everything, even businesses. How do you actually set up a business? How do you, um, are, you know, are you supposed to be an LLC? Are you supposed to be a sole proprietor? You know, if you're selling goods, you need to be uh, accepting sales tax. And yeah. does people even do that? So a lot of people get in trouble with that. So we not only talk about personal finances, but also business finances um, and help people to be able to uh, work on their credit is a big thing that we do, one-on-one -on -one credit counseling and to be able to increase their credit scores. Um, so the King's Daughter has actually been around for, um, oh my gosh, ooh, like 10 years now, wow, um, okay. but I'm, yeah, but I'm just getting more and more involved with that because I know that that's part of what God wants me to do. So I'm, I'm just trying to be obedient to what he said to do. Amen to that. And where can they find information on the King's Daughter? 
So we're on Facebook at The King's Daughter. And then on Instagram, it's The King's Daughter underscore Shell, C-H-E-L-E, which is a shortening for my name. Okay. <laughs> so over the years, I'm assuming you have seen a lot of couples that come through and they're just like, you know, they're um, trying to figure out a budget. Let's even start with the first part of just the credit score. Um, as people who are dating and thinking about starting a relationship, is that important to talk with your partner about your credit score? Ooh, good question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm not sure if um, you want to talk about it on the first date, right? <laughs> but because uh, that may, one of you are going to run away. But yes. I do think that having discussion about um, about credit and how you view credit and how you view having liabilities and credit cards um, at some point during the during the dating uh, cycle is important, right? Because um, if I'm a spender and you're a saver, um, we're going to constantly clash about that. Um, right. And I do not recommend that couples that are dating have joint bank accounts and, uh, you know, do everything together jointly and they start to commingle things. I don't necessarily recommend that. But you do need to understand your partner's debts, um, liabilities. Uh, do they have to pay child support? Um, and as it relates to their credit, are there, you know, is there a bankruptcy that they've had in the past? That doesn't make them a bad person. Um, they've learned from that. And uh, just, you know, but are they a saver or spender or maybe a spaver, which is like you spend and save at the same time, right? Yes. If, what do you call that? A spaver. A spaver. Okay. <laughs> You're spending and saving at the same time. So I think that's, um, you know, and some people, my, my some people are, are more savers. They're just not going to spend money. So then, you know, are they not even spending money on essential items? Like, you know, okay, we need a new fridge. The fridge keeps breaking every week. Like you've got to be able to say, yes, we're going to go ahead and get that fridge. Um, so I don't think that the money conversation should come even after engagement. I think that it should come prior to that. And I don't know, there's a there's not a magic number, like three months into the relationship, you start talking about money, but just pay attention to what they're doing, right? So, you know, if you're dating someone um, for the gentleman out there and every time a new purse comes out, you know, she's at the mall buying, you know, and you say to her, how much is this? Uh, you know, you can't be in control of her money, but just have an idea if that's the focus, you know, for that woman. Now, right. if she can afford it, yes. But if at the same time, you also see her not answering her phone, you know, oh, you know, not answering it for one reason or another. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, that could be bill collectors that she's avoiding, right? right? So you want to, you want to, have an idea on what's going on. Um, not ask to look at bank accounts because that's somebody's personal personal information. Mm -hmm. But you know, you need to be able to have an idea of what how they spend their money and just watch habits. Watch yeah. habits. When watch you were habits. talking about uh, like you might not want to ask some questions um, on a first date, so I certainly understand that. And how we word a question also, because I started to chuckle to myself, if I were going to ask somebody, would, knowing the power of words and how some people can skirt away from certain subjects, would I ask, uh, have you been bankrupt or how many times have you been bankrupt? 
But uh, yeah, you certainly don't want to ask some questions. Uh, yes. You want to build the rapport and relationship. And I guess even then, would you say, Michelle, that you get to see how they spend their money, even with that first date? Yes, I think that's important. Um, but at the same time, some people take how that person's spending. So let's say they chose a, an expensive restaurant to take you to. And, you know, they're just, you know, the card comes down and you see it's a credit card. You know, maybe it's not a debit card. I would pay attention to things like that. Are they using a credit card for us to go out on this date? And they may be using it. I have a boss that, you know, he used a credit card for everything right. because he got Delta miles. It was Ooh, a Delta yeah. Airlines credit card. Right. And so he used it for everything, even though he had money in his checking account because he wanted the miles to be able to travel. Right. Um, but just pay attention and then possibly, you know, ask questions. So you don't want someone to charge that, that dinner and now they're paying interest on right. that dinner. That dinner is now costing them a lot more than the $50 or $60 for that meal. I, I don't know where you guys got the dinner, but I'm just saying for yeah. two people, you're going to average, let's say at least $50. Um, yeah. So now if they're using their debit card, then you know, right. okay, at least they got $50 in their car account. Yeah. What, right? if they say, what if they say they want to go Dutch? Well, that's a whole nother conversation. I so, say I'm French. <laughs> I'm not Dutch. <laughs> no, but, I am that direct. <laughs> but that's a great well, question. I, I forget about everything else. I'm old school. And so yes, you I invited know. me out on a date. Exactly. I'm expecting you to pay. Exactly. So um, if it's my husband's birthday, I mean, most of the time my husband pays when we go out, right? right. But if it's my husband's birthday, right. yeah, I'm going to pay because it's right. his birthday. Um, right. But if it's a first date and a man asks a woman out and they want to go Dutch, I don't know, these progressive millennials, they do all kinds of stuff. But Michelle, if you're asking me out on my first date, right. I, I hope you expect to put your card down. Right. Same. And Let's... we're not going to McDonald's. <laughs> Let's and get to I the don't Michelle. Just a salad. Michelle, how do you how do you define intimacy? Oh my gosh. I define intimacy as um, oh gosh. Being able to touch my heart without touching you. Mm, I so, love that. I haven't yeah. heard that one before. Being able Ooh, that's a good one. Got to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> without touching me. Yes. So how do you speak to me? Um, what are our conversations like? Are you intellectually stimulating me? Um, you know, do we agree on issues? They say opposites attract, but... Um, I don't know if opposites attract and they're supposed to stay together. I had a friend of mine tell me that years ago. Right. Um, and I just thought, wow, that's profound, right? Because you think opposites attract, but that if you have so many things that are not in common, right. how, how, how are you going to say, you know, I like to exercise. You don't like to exercise. I like to save. You like to spend money. I like to vacation in the Caribbean and you want to go to Alaska, you know, right. on a, or on a ski trip. So when it comes to intimacy, it, it, it starts with my brain. Okay. As far as intellectually stimulating me, can we have a conversation about current events? You know, right. my husband is a CNN buff. I grew up reading the newspaper every single morning since I was four years old. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the newspaper got delivered and I would read. I'm a nerd. Uh, right. So if we can't have conversations about current events, that would be a problem. Right. So. Um, but not only that, like, what, what do you like to do on your free time? You know, not just getting straight to because sex is not intimacy. 
right. it's everything that happens before you get to that point. That. So before right. you even touch me, am I stimulated? Right. That's what intimacy is to me. Mm, awesome. That was just powerful there. Yes, definitely. And so um, I know we just talked about dating. And so as a couple, when they're thinking about getting married, mm-hmm. you know, and many times couples ask, do I put all my money together mm. on bank accounts, separate bank accounts? How does this all work? Well, look at here, look at here. So that's a very common question when I do couples coaching, uh, financial coaching. Um, even as it relates to their credit too, right? Because right. do you get joint credit cards? Do you have, you know, keep your own credit separate? Um, of course, on a mortgage, I highly recommend that both people be on the mortgage um, because God forbid something happens to the other person. That's a whole nother conversation mm-hmm. if you want to make sure you're on the mortgage and can talk to the mortgage company. Um, but back to the question at hand, I'm engaged and um, we need to have a discussion at the beginning of that point um, even when as we're going to a pastoral counseling, the pastor or the, the minister that's giving you counseling should ask those questions as it relates to finances. Or there are some ministers that will refer if they see that there's major financial discussion or um, discrepancies. That's when they refer someone like me that has the financial background. Personally, I believe there should be a wife account, a husband account and a joint account. The joint account pays the bills. Um, and pay certain expenses. The wife has her money to buy. Cause I shouldn't, if I want to buy you a birthday gift, it shouldn't come out of that joint account where now you already know what I bought for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that, that he should have his own money that he wants to do, you know, certain things with, and I should have my own money. Um, and then a joint account, but I can tell you that that doesn't always work for everyone because some people go into the joint account and start using it for other expenses. I also believe you should set a baseline of we need to have a discussion if more than X amount is going to be spent, right? Agree with that, yes. I I cannot just go out and buy a Louis Vuitton purse for $2,000 and not have a discussion with my husband. No matter how much I have in my own personal account or he has in his personal account. What's a good baseline or does that have to go with the person's income? Yeah, it needs to go with the person's income. So if you're, What's a good rule of thumb? Yeah, so if you're at, you know, I would say maybe... And it all depends on their expenses too, right? So if you're in a lot of debt, then that that baseline needs to be smaller because that means we need to discuss what you're spending the money on um, because you're not spending that money on reducing our debt. Now, if you're in a very good financial situation and there's there's very minimal debt except for your mortgage and maybe leases or a car loan debt, then I would say, you know, anything over $100 if you're going to spend more than 100 some people kind of open up their eyes when I say that because they're like, what? You know, but if I want to go buy a $300 purse I, or if I want, I could tell that you could tell I like purses. Um, <laughs> yeah. if I, want to, <laughs> so I always use that example. But if I want to go buy, you know, such and such, I got to talk to him first. Yes, right. you should. You should talk to him because then you don't have to hide the stuff in the trunk, mm-hmm. you know, when you come home so that he doesn't see him. Um, and then you can't have things that are coming in the house, but the lights are getting cut off. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. So we have to have those kind of conversations. And if you set that baseline, then both of you are on the same page. For some people, when I look at their budgets, that baseline might be $50 or even, you know, if I'm going to spend more than 50, we got to talk about it. If I'm going out to buy and everybody has different things, right? Like some people for the guys, it's technology. My husband is a huge cigar. He loves cigars. So, you know, there's some cigars that are like, 
20 bucks a cigar. Are you kidding me? You should not be smoking $40 anywhere. Yeah, like, that's my opinion. <laughs> I'm not a smoker. I don't like right. cigars, but that's the one with the better flavor. I mean, like I looked online the other day and it was like a hundred bucks for one cigar. Are you kidding me? He didn't buy it, but I was just flipping through looking at it and I'm thinking, wow. So mm-hmm. we got to have a conversation about, you know, what's a priority for him might be this fancy cigar and what's a priority for me might be not a fancy cigar, right? So you got to be on the same page when it comes to that. But only that couple can set that baseline based on their their expenses and their debts. And okay. let's just, let's extrapolate this a little bit. Let's say you're a couple similar to yourself and uh, you would you would spend otherwise uh, $2,000 on a purse and you have somebody who would have a $20 cigar, right? He may think, hey, that's two, your purse is 200 cigars. Right. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So uh, how can couples find balance between their financial habits? Mm, I think that's really, uh-huh. yeah. And basically what you're saying is, is when couples are sometimes on a different page. Yeah, like, like that. Because like, so, I'd be the one smoking the $20 cigar. Yeah, so what can, yeah. What, what advice can um, Michelle give to those couples who are on different pages? We're going to get that advice right when we take a small commercial break and we'll be back in a few moments. Are you wanting a vacation in paradise? A vacation to rekindle the passion. A vacation without the kids. A vacation where you can learn how to communicate, where you and your partner actually hear each other and gain insight. If so, Vacation Counseling is your next vacation. Dr. April Brown has created Vacation Counseling in Southwest Florida as a perfect option for you and your partner. Our retreats are one couple at a time. We have a variety of packages available to choose from, including virtual couples retreats. If you and your partner are interested in the vacation counseling, please visit us at vacationcounseling.com for more information on pricing and packages. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. To keep track of the latest news, stories, activities, or coupons on vacation counseling and Dr. April's other services, we encourage you to sign up to receive a monthly newsletter called Intimate Connections at draprilbrown.com. Remember, if you and your partner are struggling with communication and intimacy and you all are looking for a retreat to connect, Vacation Counseling can be your next vacation in Southwest Florida. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy show where intimacy is real. So Dr. Kelly was just asking Michelle, um, what if these couples or what if a couple is on different pages? One thinks, you know, hey, I want to spend money on this. One wants to spend money on that. So I would like to, yeah, what do you do? Oh, let me see. What do you do? Um, I think that it's important to get a mediation, get somebody in the middle, just like uh, the commercial said, uh, maybe you take some vacation counseling. Um, but I, not all problems can be solved. Not all of the issues can be solved just with two of you talking about it. Because until you get to a point where you're negotiating, because marriage, um, relationships, they're all negotiation, right? You have to give a little and take a little. Um, when one, the way that they get out of balance is when one person's taking more than the other, um, or when one person views 
their point of view as more important or their expense and expenditure is more important than the other person's, right? So if, uh, just as you mentioned that cigar versus my purse, his cigar is less expensive, but at the same time, here's my purse. And I'm thinking, well, you're gonna smoke that cigar in an hour. I'm gonna carry my purse for, I'm gonna have it for you know, the next two, three years. So I'm getting more long time use out of my purse. But he might say, well, it takes me 200 days to even smoke 200 cigars, which is just, so it's equivalent. But you do have to come to a point where, um, and maybe you can do, maybe I can buy the person, he can buy the cigar if we're in a good financial situation. Um, I'm a huge follower of Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey says um, that you have to live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. And what that means is that sometimes we might have to make a little bit of sacrifices so that one day we can live a completely different life, right? So my husband and I went through that. We lived with, you know, without cable, without just very menial um, expenses at the time when the market crashed, because we've been in the mortgage business for so many years that when the market crashed, our expense, our money totally, you know, we had, I had no income coming in. Right. So we completely changed our spending habits. And then guess what? We've just continued that. So even though my, my income has increased and his income has increased, we still basically live on one person's income. Mm-hmm. And so that way we're able to save. We're not saving. Um, and then we determine what he was going to save for, what I'm going to save for. So he basically saves for vacations. But that means that if I say to him, hey, the kids and I have decided we're going to go on vacation. And that means you give me the money for that vacation. Right. Right. Um, so and you still have to know how much is in each other's accounts. So it can't be this mystery like I don't even know how much money he has in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, ha- you sh- even though I meant when I mentioned those three accounts, even the one that's for him by himself, you should be on there because God forbid something happens to him. And I'm not talking about death. I'm just talking about he gets in, incapacitated. He gets in a car accident or right. he gets COVID and he's in the hospital. How are you going to access those funds if you're not on the account or vice versa? I'm in the hospital and he now needs to access the account where my direct deposit goes into. If he's not on there, if he doesn't have an ATM card, how is he going to access those funds? As so, professional counselors, we hear a lot about couples and how they handle their money and don't handle it or mishandle it. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have often had couples come in and one of the driving issues is that they have separate accounts. Is this, and I'd like your response from a, a faith-based woman. As the spiritual woman that you are, I want you to give that response. Um. Let, let no man come asunder, right? So uh, nothing should come between you and your spouse. So there is supposed to be a joint account. And, um, but maybe the reason, you have to come to the bottom line reason. Was there joint accounts before? I think you've got to ask more questions, Dr. Kelly, right. to understand. Did they start out with joint accounts? And maybe she used to overdraw the account all the time or he used to use funds and not tell her. And then when it was time to pay a bill, the money wasn't there. Or did they just start off from the beginning? And maybe they, and you know, things come from their past, right? So maybe they saw their parents had separate accounts. They don't understand why they had separate accounts, but they're not going to put their finances together. They want everything separate. It almost leads you to go into this marriage with 
um, were separate but equal, if that I'm using it in these terms, but from a biblical point of view, we should be cleaving from the others and, and joining with our spouse. So we should really be um, having that joint account. Um, from a financial advisor, so we're going to pull out the spiritual element now and just talk brass bolts money. Because quite frequently, and maybe Dr. April, you've seen this as well, that it's that somebody is coming into this relationship or this marriage, and it's not their first marriage. So they had a poor situation, uh, not just financially, but how the handle, funds were handled in their first one. And they're like, never again. So what, what do you think of that? See, that's the baggage that you come into a relationship with, right? right. Um, and so in their trust. case, they have a suitcase, correct, with a lack of trust. And the lack of trust is related to finances. I have a good friend that's going through a, a very bad divorce right now. And um, she called, she sent me a text and called me yesterday and said, please say a prayer for me because he just took large sums of money out of our joint account. And I said, you know, I'm going to pray, but you just need to, you can't worry about it. So I can see her being somebody who, because that was the money that she's been putting in to pay the mortgage and keep right. the kids and her underneath that roof. Right. So I said to her, I could see her being somebody when she meets somebody else and they start to get that she would be like, we're not doing joint accounts. I'm not doing it. So as a counselor, even as a financial coach, I've got to understand why it's like that. So I'm, I'm counseling a couple right now and they keep everything separate. She, he, when we started talking about debts, she didn't really know all the debts that he had and he didn't really know all the debts that she had. They both knew they had car payments, but they didn't really know all the other things going on. He pays the mortgage. Um, she pays her car payment and other credit cards she has. He thought it was like two cards. So they kind of started talking as I was talking to them. And he was like, you have that many cards? You know, well, what are you doing with your money? Because I'm paying the mortgage. And I was like, whoa, okay. I see where we're going with this. So I think that um, from a financial counselor point of view, you've got to get to that trust and understand that um, it may not be bad that they have separate accounts if there's a reason for it, but just understanding that who's paying what, you don't want to have uh, animosity towards somebody else because you're the one carrying the, all the financial burdens either. Right, and I guess another question I have, I've seen couples where one person deals with all the finances, you know, he's good at that. And so I don't really care. I'm just gonna let him or her deal with it and they don't get involved. Yeah, I, I see that all the time. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that because I, I think that you do need to know what's going on because mm -hmm. if something happens to that person, you don't even know what bills you guys pay. Right. Um, where is that information? I always think about the what if. And my husband says, you know, oh, you go, you go to like point Z from here. I'm like, yeah, but point Z, I've seen it happen. Right. I've, seen, I've seen widows come in and they're like, you know, he just dropped dead from a heart attack. I don't even know. So I'm going over their bank state with them and saying, well, you pay FDL. Looks like he also paid this. It looks like he also paid that. I mean, this is when I was a branch manager. You know, they would come in and they literally, they didn't even know the account number. They didn't know any information mm. um, or vice versa. Sometimes it's the woman that controls all the funds. And then the right. husband, he's just like, hey, you do whatever you want to do. You know, I, you know, um, and then you get into the whole thing of a breadwinner too, right? Who makes right. more than the other person and that there oh, is. The um, bread. Oh, the bread. Yes. And when can you talk about finances? Um, so 
I think that <laughs> how often? Uh, oh my gosh. It all depends on how much debt you have. Sometimes it could be daily. I mean, there was a point in our lives when literally we had to have daily conversations about money. We had to figure out, uh, you know, we were juggling so many bills and trying to figure out, okay, so we're going to pay this and we're going to pay that. Um, I believe in having money meetings, right? So you should have, you know, whether it's when, I mean, I know what my husband's paydays are more than he does right. because I, you know, I have it in my phone. So, <laughs> so I know exactly when he's getting paid and he probably, he's like, oh, I was supposed to get paid today. Yeah, uh, you were, <laughs> but you can, you need to have money meetings. So you're saying, Hey, what are we paying from this, this paycheck? Or when, when are we going to be paying that? Or especially if you have a big expense coming up, like, you know, um, we don't really, my husband, and I don't really have those kind of big expenses, but I do know people that let's say they have, you know, we had like my daughter's sweet 16 a few years ago. Um, when we were having that coming up, we were constantly having more meetings because it was, we set a budget for it. And then I kind of went a little bit overboard. And so I went over the budget and budget and he was like, how are you planning on paying for that, 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 and that? I'm like, well, we have to have a photo booth and we have to have a this and we have to, everything was what we had to have. And so he was just like, yeah, but we had to have a budget that we set. We said, we weren't going to spend more than this. And you're way over. I'm like, well, He's like, where are we supposed to get this money from? I'm like, I could do a loan against my 401k. Maybe I could. He's like, you're doing a loan against a 401k for a party? Come on, Michelle, you know better than this. You know, so then I was like, but in my mind, it was my baby girl. I wanted her how to have, you know, the best of the best of the best. Right. You know, so, and then we still kind of, we, we were able to pull it together and I figured out ways to cut here, cut there. But it's just that if you have, if you do have something big coming up and people have those, you, you know, right. you have, a kin's day, you have, you know, a wedding, you know, coming up, exactly. not, not your wedding, but maybe one of the, one of your children or, you know, a, a 20th wedding anniversary, you right. talk about it so that you could come up with how much that expense is going to be. Right. And hopefully if it's your 20th wedding anniversary, you've already figured out how to, mm-hmm. you know, discuss money. By right year 20, point. I would guess. Hopefully. Yeah. And you actually brought Could up be a, surprised. a, a <laughs> valid <laughs> point, um, the emotional needs and money and budget. Yeah. So for me, that sweet 16 was very emotional, you know, right, and I didn't right. have one. So I was kind of, I realized looking back that I was living through my daughter, like, oh my God, mm. I did not have. But how do you know when it's an emotional need? We know it's off the budget and you're like, oh my gosh, I really, yeah. And what do you do as a partner to address those? Well, if you're like my husband, you're just like, no, we're not doing that. Right. <laughs> he's just like, he puts it. Yeah. And he's like, you could go do it if you want to, but I'm telling you, that's going to be a problem for us. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, if you're like him, that's what you do. But if you're like me, you're like, well, do we really want to spend that much right now? You know, what expenses do we have coming up? I mean, we bought her a car. So okay. it was, you know, she big, had. Big thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the car was also an expense that was going to help me because she went right. to a magnet school. And so she was able now to drive to school right. versus me, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning and dropping into it was it was saving me time and and helping me out so I think that those are discussions that we have to um we have to have the the key to to financial management especially with a couple is discussing and you're not this is where you're not going to discuss it let me just bring this up right now you are not to discuss the finances laying in bed okay no no not to be going to bed and all of a sudden you're laying there and you say oh you know what um, 
we've been we, we, we're behind on the electricity bill that is not the time right i okay? definitely agree with you yes yeah and, and i think so, so many people that's what ends up happening because you're so busy during the day right. that's the only time that that couple and you're also not going to um have that money management meeting without the person the other person understanding that it is a money management meeting so mm -hmm. i think i'm coming to sit down with you to talk about something else and all of a sudden you're like attacking me for the money I'm spending. And that's how I take it. I'm mean, you're attacking me. It's not a, it's a confrontational meeting. So now I'm on the defensive. I'm not, I'm not looking for solutions. I'm looking to defend my spending or my savings or vice versa. Have you right. noticed that um, uh, people that marry when they're older have more difficulty because they have been in, like, for example, I'm in my fifties. I've never been married. And if somebody wants to ask me about how I'm spending my money, it might not go so well. Uh, <laughs> I'm not single for nothing, but no, seriously. <laughs> um, is it for people that are older? Do they have a little bit of a harder time? Because there have been times, Michelle, when I would say to myself, you know what? I would give somebody, I've even said it out loud. I would give them everything. Give me a hundred dollars a week. You can have it all. As long as the bills are paid. I, I've said this out loud, but I don't know that it would be that easy of a transition. What do you see in action with your financial counselor? Um, I definitely think that getting married at an older age um, affects it, or even a second, a second marriage yeah. um, is affected by the, your experience. Um, and so being single for a long time, I make various, and I can make a decision without anyone, without consulting with anyone else, right? Um, and that's not necessarily possible with, um, um, that's not necessarily possible. Um, just hold on one second, making sure my microphone here. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Yeah. That's not, okay. That's not necessarily possible with um, somebody that's older. Right. Because at that point, that person feels like I don't have to answer to anybody. Um, and it's men and women. Right. So you've got a man that's been in a bad relationship before, you know, paying a lot of child support. And now he you know, that's the other thing that you got to have a discussion about. You know, what are you responsible to pay? Um, do you have child support debt that when we file taxes, they're going to be taking that towards that debt? You know, so I have people that, especially older people that when they get married and if they have a tax debt, you know, they want to file separate taxes because they want to still get their refund that they're typically going to get as a single person. And then, you know, vice versa. I don't, you know what I've got. Okay. I'm just making sure it looks like something's going on on my monitor. So I just want to make sure everybody's still hearing. Well, you me. look great. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, one of the things that you were just mentioning in, in the sense of having that discussion about finances, I know I'm a very visual person and I don't know about Dr. Kelly. So when someone's talking about finances, I have to actually see it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you're saying you're going to do this and that, you know, it doesn't register in my head. A hundred dollars doesn't register in my head unless I can um, see what, what that amount is coming out of. Right. In some aspects, yes. And so I do believe in a written spending plan. Okay. Yes. Um, I believe in a written spending plan that will um, 
so this couple, the same couple that I'm talking about that I've been working with, um, that they didn't, he didn't really know what, what credit card she had. Right. Um, they also don't have anything written down. So I asked them to do a budget and just bring it back. And so the, their idea was, okay, well, here's a list of what bills we have. I said, yeah, but what about dry cleaning and putting away for vacations and putting away for all these things? I wanted a total encompassing um, budget spending plan is what I call it. Because a budget makes people feel constrained. Um, you should have something written. You right. should be able to look at something. Um, and if you don't know how, um, you know, there are various resources online or find someone. There are a lot of nonprofit organizations that offer financial coaches and credit coaches that can help you to look at that and figure out how do you put everything in writing and, and put it all down so that you can calculate how much money you have where. Look at it on paper when, when you see it. I mean, people don't even open their bank statements anymore. Everybody uses the app on their phone. And then when they actually open their bank statement, they're like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm spending this much or I have this debit coming out every single month because I'll say to them, hey, what's this for $8.80 that's coming out every month? And it says, I'm just going to use Shopify. And then they're like, oh, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, well, let's call this 888 number next to Shopify for 880 that you've been, that I see right. on free statements. Then they call and it was some trial that they did that they meant to cancel and they never, cancel. they never canceled it. And so because it's only 880, when you're looking at that app, you don't even notice it. Right. You have got to balance your statements. Right. Okay. And that's five months of Patreon for bringing intimacy back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I would love to for Michelle to talk about the low interest rates we have going on now. Oh, yes. Definitely. Yes. And what does that mean for couples out there? We'll take a short break and we'll come back. If you are listening to this commercial, you have a pulse. If you have a pulse, you have stress. You may need a therapist. How do you find a therapist? Oh, you go to your phone book. Wait, what's that? Go to the World Wide Web. You type in therapist near me. And then you find a list of acronyms. LMHC, LPC, NCC. <sighs> How on earth do I understand this and navigate this? Go to drkellyboucher.com. Dr. Kelly specializes in helping people that struggle with anxiety, stress, burnout, grief, depression, compassion, fatigue, sleep issues, body image issues. You can have help today. DrKellyBoucher.com. All right. Welcome back to the Bringing Intimacy show where intimacy is real. So, um, Michelle, in today's economy, there is, um, for all of us who are, we're thinking there is a, these low interest rates. And here, especially here in Florida, people are buying housing like crazy. And then many couples are debating, you know, do I buy, do I not buy? You know, are we strong enough as a couple? What are, what are your thoughts about Ooh, that's all That's a good question. Are we strong enough as a couple to buy a house together? Yes. I could tell, or to build a house. Oh, my God. Right, because right. But the interest says, rates are so low. Yeah, so interest rates are low, and if you currently, if you do not own, now is the time to definitely start having those conversations about buying a home, or let's say you moved into your spouse's home that they owned, but you you wanted to move up. So if you want to move up, um, 
you know, you've got to sit down and figure out where your finances and are you going to sell this home? So there's discussions to have, right? So let's talk about that move up buyer. We're currently living in a condo and we want to buy a single family home. Rates are low. Now's the time to sell that condo or do we rent it out? So as a couple, you need to come up with that. What does that look like? Um, and speak with a mortgage professional on how much and a realtor on how much could we sell the house for? How much would we get in cash? How much do we need to put on a new house? Would we be able to buy a new house without selling this house? Would we qualify? So those are all discussion questions when it comes to, let's say, the move up buyer. If you're a first time home buyer, it is always a good time to become a first time home buyer. There are so many benefits of home ownership that you don't get as a renter. So you don't get the tax benefits for property taxes are able to be written off. Your um, interest that you're paying on a mortgage is able to be written off um, on your taxes. So there are tax benefits to being a homeowner that if you're not a homeowner, you're not able to take advantage of. Um, so it's important that if you're not a homeowner, you start preparing yourself for homeownership. Unless you know, listen, I don't want to be a homeowner because I plan on moving. I know I'm going to move in the next year. So then maybe you start looking for to buy a home wherever you plan on moving to. That's the only way I would say that if you're not a homeowner, now is not the time to start looking. The other thing is, you, so you don't want to move up. You find where you are. You're already a homeowner. But what is the interest rate on your mortgage? When last have you done a mortgage assessment and see exactly how much interest you're paying on your mortgage? Maybe you've been in your home for a long time and you can get down to a 15-year loan. You know, I was looking at some numbers for a friend of mine the other, the other day. That's and I, I said, you know, you might want to yes. look at a 15-year and get, because the rates are so low that you could have almost the same exact payment with the very low interest rate and be done in 15 years versus just staying, you know, and, but you have those people who just, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want them asking me questions. I don't want to provide them with pay stubs and bank statements. Forget about the person that's self-employed and doesn't even show their income anyway. Right. So they just, they just put their hands up and say, I, I don't even want to go down that road. Um, and that's fine too, if that's a decision that you make. But understand that whatever decision that you make as it relates to mortgages or purchasing or refinancing, it is ultimately still your decision. The key is to get educated to make that decision. What about uh, debt to income ratio? Any secrets on debt to income ratio when a person is uh, thinking about buying a house? Um, and I'm specifically counting uh, student loans. Many people uh, that do not know that the student loans are incorporated in the debt to income ratio. Yes, student loans are actually hurting a lot of people. And so I'm trying to do a lot of um, training now uh, for students that are in college so that they don't come out with all this debt, right? And so student loan debt is another thing that, <laughs> as we're talking about refinancing, that's one thing, but student loan debt as it relates to prior to the conversation of getting married, <laughs> You should know how much student loan debt someone has going into it. Because that's, that's a first date debt. talk. That, that might be. That's permitted on date one. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but by date two, <laughs> we might be talking about how much debt you have. You know, are you, um, oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, awesome. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, I went and I was on scholarship. So like hint, hint, that means I don't have a lot of student loans, right? But but I'm just saying that you, you do need to have kind of have like lean into that conversation. But back to buying a house and as it relates to student loans, it can definitely hurt your debt to ratio income, depending on how much you have in student loans and how much those monthly payments are. 
So there are various programs with various guidelines. And that's where you speak with a mortgage professional for the one that's going to work for you based on your student loan debt. Um, or maybe make sure the student loan debt is the only debt you have. So you work on paying off your car loan, your credit cards, you know, and that's why I said that that baseline for a couple may be lower if they have a lot of debt. You know, my husband and I don't have a lot of debt. We don't carry huge credit card balances anymore. We did, but we don't. Our debts are our vehicles. And my, my husband drove up until December his 2003 Ford Expedition <laughs> forever so that he wouldn't have a car payment. You know, we paid off my daughter's car. And then now he just said, you know, his truck died. So he finally bought another vehicle. But we're not the kind that have to have, a, you know, the most expensive car or the most recent car. Um, and we try to pay extra. You know, I send two payments a month on my car to get rid of it. So how can you work on your, your debts to bring them down so that you can afford a house even with the student loan debt? You're really smart. <laughs> wait, wait, advice yes. for, the, for our listening audience. Mm -hmm. yes. and I'm hoping it's helping somebody because finances keep people awake at night. Yeah. Um, finances cause couples to argue. Um, finances can ruin even a vacation. You could be on vacation and, and have an argument over money and it just that's it the vacation's right. ruined um so it's important that there be a, a ground rule um as it relates to money yeah. it's very important and everybody you know that's the one thing that makes the world go around right because you can deal with all these other things and even if somebody's sick um even if you're sick money can't heal you right you can have all the money in the world and still it's so so money has its uses but it's also exactly that it's a it's a tool for providing for us but it's not the only thing and so how do you not make it so much of a focus um and that's you know that's where i think people have to get their faith um and for me like i don't lose sleep anymore about paying a bill i don't do that but i also i did i used to yes was there a period in my life when I would lay awake just thinking about how many bills we have not paid. Yes. And that's a very, that's a very long night. Mm -hmm. So any, any suggestions for those people who are, because there's a lot of people out there that are like that because especially right now because of COVID, the pandemic. Yes, yeah. That they can't sleep. They're got anxiety or depression and any, um, because I know you're also um, a woman of God and, studying in the ministry yes so it's but that's easier it's easier to say have faith um than it is to actually exercise your faith when you're going through that i will say that god is always a provider um but it's not so easy to see the provision when you're going through that um the way that you can try to get sleep is to get it out of here and onto paper going back to what you said about having it written down what bills do you have? Okay, da, 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 da. this is everything that we have. And then just pray over it and watch God show up. I have so many testimonies from when the market crashed. Um, and I don't know how much we have time we have, but I will definitely share one. Okay. So my husband had a home inspection business and I had my own mortgage company. The market crashed and there was no income coming in. Um, my husband used to be in the airline business before, so he decided to go back and take a job with an airline that he still works for now. 
Um, so he took the he took the job, and they told him up front, "You're not gonna get um, a paycheck for at least one month." They go through like a whole pay cycle, and then the next pay cycle is when he's gonna get a paycheck. So he was gonna basically work a whole month before he got a paycheck. And um, I remember saying, "Okay, so we're not gonna get that check until such and such date." And um, we had a ton of different bills. We had a second mortgage on our house that I had taken out to like put into starting my mortgage business. And they were calling me every five minutes. The man was so nasty at that company. I'm so glad they went out of business. And he was so nasty. He's like, you need to get down here with a payment, you know? And he was every time. I, and I always answered because I didn't want them to just come and take my house. In my mind, right, I'm like, course. I'm going to lose everything. And so I remember he was like, you have until this day and this time. And it was a Monday. And that Sunday I went to church and I said, Lord, please, God, please. And as, as God is my witness, he said to, it was family and friends day at our church. And I had invited friends of mine. And he said to write a check out for your tithe and pay it. And I was like, but I don't have any money in the bank. I cannot even pay my tithe. I'm not doing it. And he struggled with me the whole church. He goes, I want you to go up. So finally I wrote out the check and I'm like, okay. And then he says, I want you to go up and put it in. And I want you to tell everybody that you tell the church, like ask pastor for the microphone and tell the church that you are giving your tithe on full faith because the money is not in the bank. Wow. Like, oh no, I'm not telling everybody that I don't have any money in the bank and I'm writing a bounce. This check is going to be bouncing all over South Florida. I'm not doing that. And I wrestled and I went back and forth. And finally, like it was almost in the service. And I was like, I went up to the front. I was like, Pastor, I, I do need to make an announcement. I need to share. And I, I didn't really, I didn't understand it at the time. And this is where, you know, God will, he will use your testimony. But he needed me to tell everybody because then I was able to come back the next week. So I'll tell you what happened. So that was Sunday. The whole night I was like, oh my God, how am I going to get the money to put in this account to cover this check? I wrote this check out. You know, and then Pastor said to me, do you not want me to deposit? I said, no, God said to give it. So he's going to provide. I just don't know where. But I was sitting, yeah, because Pastor was like, maybe I shouldn't deposit it. Because I told everybody yeah. that, you know, I said, no, it's, I'm going to figure it out. Mind you, I kept saying, I'm going to figure it out. So the next day, now my husband had only been on a job for two weeks. The next day, as I was like driving down the street, and I'm basically heading to, because the guy told me at the second mortgage that if I didn't give them a check, they were going to start foreclosure proceedings. So I was like, okay, so here I go writing a second check to somebody. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get wow. it. As I'm driving to this place to give them the check, my, my husband calls and he says, oh my God, I got paid. I got paid. I just got a check. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah. I said, but didn't they say it was going to be a month? I said, how much is the check for? He's like, for the whole two weeks pay. And, I, and you know, when his boss gave it to him, you know what his boss said? I don't know who you know, but I have never seen anyone work here and get paid in two weeks. Mm, crazy and I said, you go crazy back to that lady and tell her that you know who you know, because you, your wife is a praying woman and she stayed on her knees and God told her. So I was able to cover that check. I was able to cover the check to the second mortgage. And awesome. let me tell you, but I, I made a U-turn. I went to the airport. And I was like, give me that check right now. Let me hurry up with the box. <laughs> <laughs> but I just share that testimony with people because I don't know if that check would have come on that Monday if I hadn't been obedient on Sunday. 
I'm not telling you out there in, in Facebook land or podcast land and bringing intimacy back land to write bad checks. Don't get me wrong. I heard a, a, a directive from God and I know his voice. And that's why I knew he was telling me to do this. But that is the testimony I'm sharing with you of what happened and how we have to trust him in the midst of whatever we're going through. So in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of your financial situation, in the midst of your financial drought, God will send a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. But if you have so, if you only have the faith the size of a mustard seed, I promise you that he will provide for you. I promise you that because he did it for me and the same God that did it for me will do it for you. And that is my testimony. And then I had to go back to church the next Sunday. And I was like, not only did God, listen, it got even better. The whole week was a week of blessings. Not only did wow. he that check, he had my husband's cousin call and say, hey, I'm sending an airline ticket for you to come. And da, 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 da. And then I ended up going to the Bahamas for a few days. I, you know, it was just like a week of blessings. And I went back to church and I said, do you remember last week when I wrote out that check and I stood up here? I said, well, that check cleared and this is how it cleared. And his boss said to him, I don't know who you know. And she assumed it was somebody within the company. I said, no. Oh, you're a daughter. Boss. You're a daughter of the king. Amen. That's who he knows. <laughs> That's right. What a story. That yes. is absolutely yes. beautiful. And you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Yes. 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 Well, thank you so much for thank being you. on the show. Definitely. How can people reach out to you? Um, they can email me at prosperitybuilding at gmail.com. They can visit my Facebook page at The King's Daughter LLC. And then also on Instagram at The King's Daughter underscore Shell, C-H-E-L-E. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on. Thank on you. Yes. So uh, Dr. Kelly and Dr. April, I love you both. Thank you. I look oh, forward to seeing this you guys was on really Clubhouse. Tomorrow yes, morning. definitely. Yeah, Clubhouse tomorrow morning. Yes, yes. Yeah, Clubhouse is tomorrow morning and every Friday. Stimulating, interesting. Yes. Eastern time. And we talk about uh, relationships and intimacy. Our upcoming shows uh, next week, we have Ron Kamen talking about the awesome Earth on Earth Day. Uh, Michaela Cox uh, at the end of April with Thriving Through All Things. Uh, May 6th, uh, Dr. Zerhid Zarif with Heart Health and Food. And May 13th, with Making Your Friendships Work in the Homance Chronicles podcast host. And please remember to follow us on social media, the Bringing Intimacy Back community. Uh, you can follow us on our Facebook page, our Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and for the latest updates on the Bringing Intimacy Back show. And also consider joining our Patreon for exclusive content and intimacy tips. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you guys next week. This has been the Bringing Intimacy Back show where intimacy is real.